Good evening, everybody. Really nice to see you after having been away for a couple of weeks. Really nice to see you all. Hi. I, um, I wanted to start this evening off with a joke, not, you know, separately from me being a joke. I want to tell you a joke. It's, uh, it's, it's by Woody Allen. It's from um, the film called Play Against Sam. And uh, kind of sums up the practice in a way. <laughs> so Woody Allen's in, a, in, a, in, a, in an art gallery and he says to this attractive girl, that's quite a lovely Jackson Pollock. <laughs> what does it mean to you? And she says, it restates the negativeness of the universe and the hideous, lonely emptiness of existence, nothingness, the predicaments of man forced to live in a barren, godless eternity. <laughs> and Woody Allen says to her, what are you doing Saturday night? And she says, I'm committing suicide. And he says, what about Friday? <laughs> so the question arises, does this narcissist played by Woody Allen, is he manifesting for the nature? Is he? One of the teachings of the Buddha is that all, all things, however bad, even relatively bad, even evil, are aspects of Buddha nature. Every being is a manifestation of Buddha nature. That's really hard, tough to take when you start to practice. But there's something really interesting in it, is that, in that amazingly, it includes you. You are a manifestation, you are Buddha nature. So just that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Um, the historical Buddha said, this is, this is, I mean, how they know this, I don't know. It's, it's, it's in, on the records. The historical Buddha said, on awakening, I have the true eye of the Dharma. So the Buddha said, on awakening, I have the true eye of the Dharma. And what immediately arises for me in that statement is, awakening to what? He said on awakening, what did he awaken to? And he said, I have the true eye of the Dharma. So does that mean that there's a false eye of the Dharma? Is there a kind of alternative Dharma that's false? Very interesting questions. Mm. Anyway, my understanding of the true eye of the Dharma is that it's not something that we can really talk about. It's felt and embodied in our day-to-day -day life as who we are. But it's not knowledge and it's not experience. The true eye of the Dharma is who or what you intrinsically are. It's true or what you are intrinsically are. But if I were to say to you, you already have the true eye of the Dharma and you express it in every moment, you might tell me to get lost. <laughs> I mean, how can I have the true eye of the Dharma if I'm not satisfied if I don't like my job, my relationship, I feel really messed up, I need fixing. What I need to do is go to many, many workshops or, or Stonewater Zen Sangha or even Tibet 
to get awakened. This is the kind of um, place that we're in. Many of us have been. We experience life, not all the time, but some of the time it's a disappointment. And we want to kind of grasp hold of something that will change it, that will make it better. And one of the difficult things to accept in this practice is that this tradition is about prizing your prizing our fingers, my fingers, your fingers, away from this grasping of once you make everything all right. And as well, it may be the fact that right now, you do need to change your life. That's okay. True eye of the Dharma is not the mind that solves your problems. It is the one that recognizes them. It's the one that recognizes them. And within that, it may be that you cannot solve them for the time being. And that's okay. You know, you can be kind to yourself. This is also the true eye of the Dharma. We don't have to be perfect. And uh, I, I, there, are various, there are various variations of this story, but I like this one a lot. The, the Zen teacher comes to one of the monks who's cleaning the toilets and he says to him, how do you clean that which has never been defiled? How do you clean a toilet bowl that's never been defiled? I, I, I mean, it's out. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably tell him to piss off if he said it to me, but what he's trying to do is open the true Dharma eye of the monk. Well, not rather open it, but make him aware of it. Uh, but in doing that, the toilet still needs cleaning. You're still going to want change. You're still going to want progress. You're still going to want meaning. So we now come to this interesting question. Is the true eye of the Dharma and the world of desire also the true eye of the Dharma? Is there a difference? Is there something, than we, than, than, is there something other than we now, each of us, experience on a day-to-day basis in our lives? Is there something else? Are we missing something? If you remember in the sutra, we chant, well, it's chanted every day in every monastery, in every Zen monastery, it's chanted every day. We chant the sutra, the heart sutra, and it contains the line, form, i.e. ordinary life, is emptiness, i.e. the true eye of the Dharma. Form is emptiness, and emptiness is form. So the true eye of the Dharma is your ordinary life. It's not different than that. Your life and every moment is from this perspective exactly enlightenment. And exact enlightenment is exactly your life. So how does it feel if you tried on the idea, try on the idea that you already have the true eye of the Dharma? You are already the awakened one. You might not feel it, you may not have clarified it, you may be working on it, and that's the true eye of the Dharma as well. But you're not going to get the true eye of the Dharma, you're not going to go and find it and suddenly manifest it. It's exactly as Rinsai said, it is that which is coming in and out of our eyes, ears, all the time. But what we all do 
is look elsewhere. So my, my question for you is, do you trust the, the true eye of the Dharma? Do you trust the true eye of the Dharma and that you are it? Can you trust that? And uh, there's, a, there's a fascinating Sufi story which I've found, which illustrates the kind of path to really owning, owning the fact that you are the true eye of the Dharma. I'll read it to you. <clears throat> a person sage came to the door of heaven and knocked from within the voice of God asked who is there who is that there and the sage answered it is I in this house replied the voice there is no room for thee and me so the sage went away and spent many years pondering over this answer in deep meditation returning a second time the voice asked the same question, and again the sage answered, It is I. The door remained closed. After some years, he returned for the third time, and at his knocking, the voice once more demanded, This is the voice of God. The voice once more demanded, Who is there? And the sage cried, It is thyself. And the door was opened. It is thyself. So we have a Zen cone. How old is God? How old is God? Forty-nine. And you look very good for it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just I encourage you to carry on with the practice. I mean, it's, it's great that we're all joining each other on Zoom and, it's, you know, and, and in your own life, practice is about quietly doing it week in, week out. Fireworks may come and go. You may have great realization tomorrow that you are the true eye of the Dharma. Let it go. My hope for myself and for all of us is out of the practice arises a, a sense of, 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 of realness and authenticity you're authenticated by the practice, and the practice authenticates you. That's my hope. And, it, and in that, if we can, and it's a hard ask, that we, that we can appreciate the sacredness of life on a day-to-day -day basis, if we can. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. I'm very happy for any comments. Disagreements, questions. Alistair. Alistair, more sage. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean by the sacredness of life, Roshi? I guess I mean that we appreciate it on a day to day basis. Do you have a different view? Um, what does sacred mean? Yeah, I guess I guess that's what I'm that's what I'm kind of aiming for. And I, I don't think it's a word that I kind of have a good working definition of. You know, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And does anybody else know what the origin or the meaning of the word sacred is? Anybody know? Have we got any etymologists amongst us? Gosh. Okay. I guess it just means that it's special, Alistair. It's, you know, it's special. Having this life is special. What do you think? Do you think not? Oh. <laughs> it doesn't always feel that way. No, it doesn't, does it? It doesn't. It feels like a drag at times. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's... It's the times when it's harder to appreciate the here and now, when yeah. the here and now is pretty shit. Yeah. But, um, yeah. For sure, yeah. Alistair, sure, we, sure, we, we all have these patches in the desert. Yeah. I'm not having one now, so I can say appreciate your life, it's sacred, but, you know, next week I may have a different view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Rashi. Thanks, a great question, a good question. Thanks. Uh, so, Keith, hi. Hi, Roshi. Uh, thanks for that. I really enjoyed that. Um, for me, um, the idea of sacredness would, uh, from a Buddhist perspective, would be for me um, that idea of thusness, you know, and that everything participates in that, including me. Yeah. Even you. <laughs> yeah. Even me. Even alone me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Keith. Thank you. Susie? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, it's, re it's reminded me of a quote uh, that brings me a lot of ease. If I find, not, not every time, but oftentimes if, I, if I'm giving myself a hard time or if I find myself judging other people negatively. And if I can remember that, that quote by Dogen, um, no creature ever fails to cover the ground on which it stands. Mm. That, that I really like that it brings me a lot of ease and, and for me the key word in it is ever because it, it's then not dependent on anything mm. on any condition on me doing or them doing or being anything it's ever yeah great thank you thanks yeah comforting Andy Rushi, I, 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 yeah, isn't piss off the nature of cleaning toilets? Um, <laughs> uh, I think, I think for me, that I give myself a hard time by thinking that there is something other than this, mm -hmm, sure. or that I have a choice, mm. or that in some way it's conditional that if only I'd done something else, then I wouldn't be in this shithole. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think that's the struggle. Mm. And that's what I'm coming to terms with, is, is the realisation more and more that this, just as it is, including the not-all-rightness, or I'm feeling like shitness, is actually what it is. 
Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us, Andy, because it's only when we all realize that, that we can be kind and considerate and understanding of other people. Yeah, I think yeah. from the way you're talking is from where compassion arises. Yeah. Yeah. Because the realization that everyone is in that place, yeah. we're all in the same hole, yeah. thinking that we're not, or that there is a choice about which hole we're in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I wish you luck with your hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's mine, so get out. <laughs> Roshi, we get Paul. Oh, Paul. I Paul must be on the other screen. Where have you gone, Paul? Hi, well, I'm here. I don't know if you can see me. I can see oh, you. Oh, I can see you, yeah. You've got that slight kind of black and white look at your camera. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's you cool. Look <laughs> uh, I was just wondering with uh, you know when you were saying about um, about sacred and immediately it came to my mind well you know it's the du dualistic thing you can't have the sacred without the profane what you first yeah. talked about you know the toilet yeah. the guy was implicit in what he's saying that too is sacred yeah. uh, and and I find uh, that I, I I can be very judgmental about people about things and bring myself down to looking at people and things as either other than wonderful or or in my way when i want to when i think i should be going somewhere and, and something is blocking me and all of that and it just brings me to, 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 to what i've noticed recently is that if i stop and take time over people and things Start to enjoy them a hell of a lot more. Mm. That's yeah. fine. Well, you might call it sacred. I just think that the, the, the pleasure, the enjoyment of, of it all is in there. If I, if I can take time and, and stop being so busy and stop rushing, it's not always easy to do that, of course, but when I do remember to do that, I find that, you know, yeah, the toilet can become sacred. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, patience and taking time. Yeah, there's something I need to work on. But yeah, but it's it's good if you can. Thank you. Thanks, Josie. Hi, Roshi. Um, Josie. you talked about the the eye of the the true eye of the Dharma. Is that the word? The true eye of the Dharma. They call it TDE. The TDE. TDE. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, God. Um, and that it includes everything, even the evil and bad things. So the question that arose for me was, so what does that mean for us in our practice? Can we walk around being bad and evil? And, you know, what, what, what do we, do we still strive for? compassionate compassion um how, how do you think you you would personally feel if you were bad and evil and how would you feel inside how would you feel yourself not horrible okay so it's not a good plan is it that one <laughs> but what what what, what why, why 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 does all up 
awfulness of the ways that the human condition manifests. What's from, the, from this tradition? What is the cause of that? Why does that arise? Why do we have narcissists like the Woody Allen character in Play It Against Sam or the President of the United States or other people we could mention? Why, why, why do we, why, why, why do these people arise? Why do they do the things they do? Yeah, because they're suffering themselves. Well, I, I, I wouldn't like to say I hope so, but there's parts of me that wanted to. <laughs> but um, not well because they're completely identified with with their own perspective. I mean, you know, a narcissist is the perfect example of somebody who's who's totally obsessed with his own eye, with this eye. Mm. And I was that, like Woody Allen didn't see that this this girl was going to commit suicide. He just saw some attractive woman he wanted to sleep with. I couldn't really feel for her. Didn't have any kindness or compassion for her. So this, so it's it's it's, it's the, the the eye, this eye that requires constant, that requires a kind of safety package and security and reinforcing itself in its own power is what causes. The, 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 the horrible things to happen. So our job is to work on, in a way, as best we can, not being so identified with our own eye. That's one of our jobs. Yeah, because that that's still part of that's still Ted, but then there's there's the other stuff that's Ted too that we might miss if we're too identified with the eye yeah sure that's a good way to put it it's nice to use the word ted it's easier isn't it <laughs> well yeah that's a really it's i mean it, it's the bottom line question that you ask I me mean, why is there evil you know it's a it's a question that's been asked in all traditions why is there evil and the buddha's view was that uh, the, our ignorance of our interconnectedness with everything, not just with each other, with, with, with the natural world. It's the ignorance of that. Mm. So I guess our job as Buddhists is to work on that. But, you know, when we chant the four vows, which we will do after this, we say, you know, um, sentient beings are numberless, I vow to save them. You don't. So the numberless, how can we save them all? The dharmas are boundless, we vow to master them. So. You know, there's a kind of metaphor and it's kind of inspirational. It's also, you know, those small birds with small beaks that fly over a forest fire and then they go to the ocean and scoop up a little bit of water and take it back to the forest fire and drop it. That's the kind of job we've got. <laughs> Are you good enough to do it, Josie? <laughs> spread my wings and try. Yeah, yeah, spread your wings and go. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like an auctioneer now. We're running out. Any more for any more? We're going to end. Okay. Should we? Should we do the full bar? Oh, sorry, John. Thanks, Roshi. Um, I was just thinking that, um, you know, Buddha nature, our, our true nature, the true eye of the Dharma, 
always sounds like something quite elusive and wonderful maybe even a you know a, a, an improved version of myself um but the, the teaching, if that were possible <laughs> Roshi, if that were possible <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah but um you know the reality is even when i when i see evil in the world i see uh corruption and i see war and famine and all the awful things that are happening to people being clear that i i can ultimately only take care of this i don't mean that i can't do things for other people but the starting point has to be here and to see that it's not you know this is not separate from any of them the minute i put them over there then i've got a problem straight away that separation is there so um as you say repeatedly, you know, Travai the Dharma is realizing it, it includes it includes everything yeah. right here, not out there. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, John. And also, I mean, the qualities that people that we talk about manifesting evil, that they can be ex- exaggerations and extremities of the way that we can be, each of us can behave on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. yeah. As you say, we're not that separate from them. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for your involvement and questions. Really appreciate it. Thank you.